Ovechkin storming in. Alexander Ovechkin curl and drag to the back end. He scores! Simply sensational! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pizzas Here podcast, your home for all content surrounding the Washington Capitals. Today we're joined by a very, very special guest. It's not a dream. It's not a desert mirage. It's John Walton, the Washington Capitals radio play-by-play announcer since 2011. Before the Capitals, John served as our AHL affiliate Hershey Bears play-by-play voice for nine years, a true legend. Thanks so much for coming on the show today, John. How's it going? Fellas, it is great to be with you. Thanks for having me, and thank you for that lovely introduction as well. That was a pretty good moment back in the day. Thank you. I, I tried my best right in that like 10 minutes ago. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> That's the way I used to study at school, by the way. In the last 10 <laughs> minutes, I better, I better learn something. Hey, I mean, you ended up in a good spot, so I guess I'm not doing everything wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're on the right path. You're good. <laughs> So, uh, so we've got a bunch of questions for you today, so let's just fire through them. But uh, like I said, you've been the play-by-play announcer for the Capitals for over 10 years now. Uh, but what was your journey like up until this point? Obviously studying 10 minutes before tests, but how'd you get here? <laughs> yeah, don't take geology classes at 8 o'clock in the morning. Well, I definitely I did that once, and I, I dropped that after about a week. So. I had a geology class at 8 a.m. in the morning my freshman year. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> yeah. It's that boys at the end of the day, they're just rocks. Like that's, it's tough. Yeah. That was my eight o'clock class for about a week. My sophomore year. I said, I am not doing this again. Uh, but other than my geology class, I didn't hang around for, I grew up in Minnesota. I was a fan of the Minnesota North stars as a kid. I followed the university of Minnesota, golden Gophers. My dad actually taught at the university of Minnesota. So I kind of had that in the blood a little bit. And then my mom got tired of the winters. So we moved to Ohio before high school which I got to tell you, fellas, was not the greatest hockey area in the late 1980s. So I was a little bit uh, destitute of hockey, and I ended up uh, following a college program when I was in high school, kind of became a fan of uh, then the Miami Redskins, now the Miami Redhawks in southwest Ohio. I ended up going to school there. I ended up doing play-by-play for the student station there. Then I was doing it for the commercial station there. And then I ended up getting the job of the Cincinnati Muddy Ducks in the AHL, which was my first pro job. In the middle of all that, I ended up being the PA announcer for the Reds, which was crazy, ridiculously great. And then my big break in terms of hockey was I got the job in Hershey. At the time that I got the job, they were affiliated with Colorado. But in 2005, we told Colorado to take a hike, and we brought in the Caps. And that was maybe the greatest single thing professionally that ever happened to me because that put me on a path to hang out with Bruce Boudreaux, won a Calder Cup, then he came to Washington, and then I came to Washington, and then I got to do some other cool stuff along the way too. So uh, it's been quite a journey to get here. It's been quite a journey since I've been here, but uh, no other job I ever wanted in my whole life. I knew I wanted to do this when I was about 16, 17 years old, and I'm lucky that I still get to do it. Damn, that's crazy. I think that, a hell so yeah will suffice as a response. <laughs> yeah, so you've, I don't know if you've always wanted to like do that, because I think that was something I wanted to ask, is like if you, you know, was something else that happened, and you were like, oh, this actually is pretty cool, I want to try this, but you've always wanted to be a announced. That's pretty cool. But, um, well, it couldn't be obvious... a thing for the North Stars. This was the best way to stay in hockey. Yeah. I wasn't going to have any skates on my feet. So Right. Um, so obviously the, the Stanley Cup run should be all of every Caps fan's best you know, moment ever. Um, describe that kind of cup run from your perspective. Like, how did it feel and all that stuff? It was the greatest postseason ever. I mean, I got to be a part of three Calder Cup champions at Hershey, so I kind of knew what the journey felt like, but it's not anywhere close to what it happens at this level when it's you're the last two teams standing and you're in Las Vegas for game five and you know, you really believe that this is actually going to happen. I mean, Evgeny Kuznetsov's kind of set the table, I guess, going back to the Pittsburgh series. But by the time that you got to Vegas and by the time that you had I, – I knew – listen, I didn't grow up a Caps fan. I didn't grow up here. But I've got a lot of battle scars too. Like when 
Derek Stepan scored in overtime in game seven after blowing a 3-1 lead. And it, I really thought that was the best chance to win Barry Trotz's first year. I really thought they were going to win it that year. I did. And even more so maybe than the Pittsburgh series in 16 and then in 17. And to be able to watch what happened all the way through that postseason and then all of a sudden you're sitting there in Las Vegas of all places in game five and Eller scores. And in that last seven minutes, that was like a lifetime of memories just in those seven minutes because under six guys, they go to the last TV break. Like the Caps have the lead and you go to break and you've got 90 seconds to think about what's about to happen, first of all, and you hope you get the call right because I think I know you guys have had Joe B on the show. Listen, we don't plan what we say ahead of time. We just whatever comes out comes out, and we hope for the best. So there you're hoping to get question. it right. <laughs> yeah, I mean you do. I mean you just you want to try and and get it right. And so you've got about 90 seconds to think about it. And the NBC television monitor is off to my right and I don't get I don't see the commercials I see what they're coming back with so I know what the TV audience is going to see in about 60 seconds and what I saw I still get a lump in my throat when I think about it because they showed outside it was coming back looking outside on 7th on F on G around the portrait gallery and all the monitors were up and all the people who are watching outside all the people who are inside and I think in my life, I don't think there's ever a time where I wanted to be in two places at the same time because I wanted to be where I was. And I, this is the call I've been waiting for my whole life. But I mean, that's my home. That's my town. That's where I moved to. This is, you know, these are our fans. This is the greatest moment. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like on the streets in about seven minutes if this thing gets to the house. And I, I really thought it did. Once Heller scored, I was like, it's game over. They're not going to score again. I don't care what happens. There's no way they're going to score again. So I kind of knew, I was like, this, like, you look at what's going on out there. I was like, man, I'd love to be on the streets tonight out there. I just, the only thing that would have made it better, it was great to win in Vegas. I would love, before my career is over, I would love to see them win one at home. That's the only thing we were missing on that run is we didn't get to do it at home. But it was an unbelievable feeling watching them celebrate, going down on the ice, all the players' families at the hotel immediately thereafter, Ovi leads the conga line out of players. He grabs the cup. He's like, all right, see you later. And they went to see Tiesto and all the things that they ended up doing that night. But it was just a surreal moment from that, from the time Eller scored all the way through when we got on the plane to come home. It was just an unbelievable, I'll never forget. It was the best hockey memory I think you could ever have. That's just so cool. I feel like that's just so cool that you got to be there and <laughs> experience that and call that. So, um, well, you just mentioned a lot of the the fun that you had in 2018, but one of the stories that we got from Joe B was about an off-camera moment that you know wasn't there. And I'm sure you're around a lot when the cameras are rolling, but you're also around a lot when they're not. So what's your favorite off-camera moment from the 2018 cup run or cup celebration? Well, it's funny because it really wasn't off camera, but I don't know that it was you really picked up on it. Uh, Joe B was there, actually. We were on stage at the rally and introducing players. And I can tell you that the blood alcohol content on that stage was rather high uh, for those who were sitting behind us. And there was, you know, you had Joe B on one side and you had me on the other. So we would introduce guys. We, we, we took turns. We, we shared the mic, essentially, for that entire thing start to finish on stage. And so when the player introductions come up, there were a number of players who talked that day. And Alex Ovechkin, of course, was the last to go. And we were all thinking, hey, listen, you know, you've got to, you know, with the, the booze is flowing, everybody's feeling pretty good. And you're just kind of wanting to get through without any serious F-bombs or anything along those lines. And I, Ovi said what he said, and it was relatively t tame. And I remember, like, the music had started to come on. The music's kind of off. I'm off stage, and the music's behind me. And I remember Ovi looked over at me. <laughs> and, if, and if you look at the camera, like, you don't know he's talking to me, but he kind of, with his hands, he's like, doing this and he's like bring the music down essentially he's using his hands like bring the music down he had one more thing to say 
because uh, he was kind of being played off almost. And the one more thing to say is something along the lines of, we aren't going to be sucked this year, but it wasn't, that wasn't the only thing he said, of course. And I laughed because when I turned around and I told the music people, I was like, well, this ought to be interesting. Let's see what happens here. And then he hits the lie. He's like, well, okay. <laughs> we kind of thought that was going to happen. But uh, that was probably of, of the run of all of the things that, that happened. The other thing I guess would be the silver medal would be in Pittsburgh when uh, I'm calling the game uh, and Kuzi scores. Ken Sabrin, who is my partner and has been for the last 11 years, he played for the Caps as a defenseman. And Sabby didn't have a lot of goals, didn't have a lot of assists. What Sabby had was a ton of penalty minutes. He is a big guy, big hands, and he will he, he can clobber you still if he wants to. And when Kuzi scored, I am in the middle of making the call. And as I'm saying what I said, demons have been exercised and all of that, Kenny is just beating on my shoulders. Like <laughs> he's behind me and just like, they did it, they did it. Like he's just hammering down on me. So as I'm talking, I'm just getting beaten down like this. <laughs> and hopefully because the headset's on, the, I wasn't off mic or anything, but uh, it was rather interesting that uh, I was just trying to survive there for a minute because obviously it was a very exciting moment. That's awesome. The, the we're not going to, be suck next year or this year line is is definitely legendary so uh you've you've already mentioned them and you know we've already talked about them but you've had some insane calls over the years and uh they personally give me chills every time i hear them you know such as after winning the cup and like you said after kuznetsov's overtime goal in pittsburgh but uh you already answered this so uh you know you said that you don't have something in mind you're coming up with it on the fly but uh I guess, could you describe, like, I'll come up with a different question. Like, what's, like, flowing through your head, like, as you're thinking of what to say in that 60 seconds that you have? Yeah, there's no real making it up because it's life's drama, right? I mean, we don't know if the Caps going to win or lose. We don't know who's going to score. We don't know how it's going to end. And, you know, the only time that you really have to think about it is, you know, like we had when Eller scored. You know, you've got about seven minutes to maybe kind of reflect in your head and realize the gravity of the moment going – my God, they're actually going to win this thing after <laughs> everything that's gone on with this franchise since 1974. This is actually ending. This is actually going to happen. But I think the one that I would give you two, and I think this is a, a fear uh, and a dread that only people like Joe B. and myself experience, is when you have milestone goals or you know something's coming. And I'm talking about Alex Ovechkin here when there is – for me, you know, 400th goal, 500th goal, 600th goal, 700th goal, a goal that pushes him ahead of Marcel Dion for you know, sixth all-time, Hall for fifth all-time, fourth all-time, uh, up the list. And those are the ones that we wake up at 3 in the morning in a cold sweat uh, because those are the ones you got to get right because those are the ones that long after we're dead, those are going to be around. And we want to make sure that those are right. So when Ovi is sitting on the first really big one I had, and I, I mean, it's a big one for all of us, uh, you know, when he got to 499 and he had scored an overtime in New York and coming home to see Ottawa. And you're like, you know, by the time, from the time I got on the bus at Madison Square Garden until the time of the Ottawa game and when he actually scored, I don't think my only thought in my head for those two days was, Oh my God, just let it be clean. Let it be easy. Let it be, you know, be, listen, I mean, pucks go, I mean, anything can happen in the game of hockey. There's a little tip off a stick. It goes off somebody's ass. I mean, it can happen at any point. And you want to make sure that at this particular moment, uh, whatever God you pray to, you want to make sure that this is going to be right. And 500 was easy, easy, easy. Cause it's power play winds it up the whole world sees it coming big shot boom so that Ovi's happy the crowd's happy they celebrate at the bench but Joe B and I are happy too because it was easy and that's what we want so when you get those moments you want them to be clean now 600 was a little different because 600 he just got right at the front of the net he comes in it was a shot it was a rebound against Winnipeg and it was thankfully also at home 700 wasn't at home. It was in New Jersey a few years ago, a couple of years ago. 
and it was a it was a garbage game, boys. I mean, sometimes they're just not that great. Game in New Jersey, a day game in New Jersey. New Jersey is winning after two periods going into the third. He hadn't scored in a few games, and he had a little bit of a drought going into it. So your mind, like, you got to stay mentally sharp. And I tried to, but, I mean, we're sitting there in New Jersey going, this is just one of those games, like, it's not going to go the Caps' way. And it didn't, by the way. They lost. But you're just waiting. So Jensen had kind of worked in behind the net, and it was out, boom, score, 700. And it was in the third period of a game that was kind of sleepy anyway. And it was clean, so I was happy about that. But it was one of those that you kind of had to be, you know, you weren't necessarily ready. For, I must say I was ready for it, but it was like you're kind of lulled into a little bit of a sleep there where you're just, you know, you're waiting for the team to wake up and things weren't going at all of a sudden. That's what Ovi does. Boom. So, yeah, you got to be ready. And whatever happens and whatever's thrown at you, you just got to be ready for what's next. And that's the whole job, whether you're – you know, play-by-play, play, even color, but really on play-by-play, play, we are only as good as the last five seconds of our career. And as long as we keep hitting that, we get to hang around. And we like our job, so we would like to do that. It's funny that you uh, that you say that about how you have to, you know, be ready at all times because uh, it's actually funny. Today's the 16-year anniversary of the, you know, that day in the desert, Ovechkin's arguable greatest goal of all time. And uh, that game was – you know, it was pretty, it was practically over. There was, you know, third period and we were up four or five to one and, you know, everyone was like ready to get out. And, uh, Joe B was telling us this when we had him on how locker had like already packed up his briefcase and was ready to, you know, get back on the plane to go. And, you know, Joe B's like wired on the game and he's like, you gotta be ready at all times. Cause you know, you never know, like you could blink one second and then the greatest goal scorer of all time could score his greatest goal of all time. And it's like, you got to be ready for, for anything and everything. Yeah, and one of Joe B's greatest calls ever, by the way. And oh, yeah, I wish, 100%. I wish I had been here for that one. I wasn't here yet. But when you – I mean, just you want to – you got to react to whatever happens next, like I was just saying. And what he did on that play, you can't ever think was going to happen. And yeah. Joe's call, simply sensational. That's about as good as it gets. And That's our uh, intro audio. His simply sensational goal call is our our episode intros, like before, at the beginning yeah, of every episode. It's it's awesome, brilliant. And it's funny because you know I've had a chance to work with Brian Boucher and my work at NBC, and he of course was the goalie for that, and Wayne Gretzky is the coach, and you just kind of feel. I mean, look, boys, I'm a little, you know, a little bit of cosmic, a little bit of, you know, in terms of things happen for a reason. But, you know, the guy he's chasing right now, I think you could say in his career, at least in terms of regular season, I mean, that's pretty much the most amazing goal that maybe an Alex will ever score. And he did it with Gretzky on the bench and a guy that ultimately he's got to take down here in the next couple of years. And it just feels like one of those moments that says, you know what? I'm going to come get you one day. And it was so early in his career, but it's amazing that Gretzky was there and, and was actually coaching against the Capitals that night. So I really think that that's what you got to do. I mean, every moment that happens, you got to be, you got to be in that wheelhouse and ready to go. And that's, you know, it, it makes our job exciting. It makes it, it's never the same job twice. I mean, no matter what game and no matter how boring it may appear. And some nights it just isn't, you know, this boy, there's nothing much going on out there. I think of a game right before the pause where the Kings were in DC and through two and a half periods, maybe two and a quarter periods, like into the third is like, this is one of the worst games I've ever seen. Like caps couldn't do anything. The Kings didn't do much. It's just like a, watching grass grow might be more exciting. And then Alex just comes in and ends up scoring three goals. Boom, 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 hat trick. And, you know, it ends up you're, you're electrified. And that's what makes hockey so great because, listen, any sport can have a bad game, but our game can turn it around on a dime. And we got to be ready for whatever happens. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously a few may come to mind, but what would you say is your most memorable or memorable or favorite, like, Capitals call ever? <sighs> there have been a few. I mean, there's some obvious ones. I mean, I – I remember seeing Kuzi after the game uh, in Pittsburgh after the, the demons call. And I ran into him on the loading dock in Pittsburgh as we were getting on the bus and I hugged him and I said, thanks for giving me the best call of my career. 
and I meant it, and I, 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 I liked it is because, you know, the moment and, and everything that it stood for. But, you know, I think some of the, the highlights, I mean, 500 for me uh, with Ovi, any of the milestone goals, you know, there was one that I really enjoyed prior to winning the cup and you're, you know, the, the Islanders were here in the first round in 2015 and the game, it was a great series, like Caps Islanders and it was the Coliseum and, you know, they were shutting it down. Little did we know we'd be coming back, but we thought it was the end of the road for the Coliseum and the Islanders end up forcing a game seven and you come back here and the Caps, it was one of their best defensive performances of all time. And the game's still tied in the third period and Kuzi cuts down and scores. And it was the Evgeny means necessary by coming in and scoring to, to give them the, the regulation win in game seven. This team doesn't have a lot of good game seven memories, at least not before 2018. And that was a big one. And I had gotten to see, you know, a couple others. I guess if I had to say my favorite, because it was, I, I just got here in 2011. So this is 11 years, for 11 seasons, 10 years, 11 seasons. So the first time I get here and Bruce was still the coach and I had been with Bruce and Hershey and I was like, this is great. Like my, the coach is a terrific friend and I'm, you know, here are all these guys I knew in Hershey that play for the Caps. And the, my first year was crazy because Bruce got fired at Thanksgiving. Dale Hunter took over. The team really wasn't very good. They were outside the playoff picture in March and you're like, we're not even going to make the playoffs this year. And they snuck in in the last 10 days of the season. They lost their number one goalie, Tomas Fakun. They lost their number two goalie, and Michael Neuvert. And we're down to the third string goalie to start a Stanley Cup playoff. So we're not going to hang around long, right? Uh, but that one guy, that third stringer was Braden Holtby. And his Bruins dominance started in that two-week stretch. And I was sitting there. I, I've been waiting to be in the NHL my whole career. And here I am calling a game seven my very first game seven in Boston, uh, Tyler Sagan had scored the game winner in game six for the Bruins. And now we're going back. And I was like, I mean, I'm kind of playing with house money because, you know, I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of friends and colleagues around the league who I got to know in year one is like, Hey, listen, there's nothing like a game seven. Enjoy it. And I'd had a few in Hershey, but this is obviously different. And Joel Ward in game seven in Boston in 2012 was, insane because I have so many good memories from that. It was my first game seven, first playoff series caps win. They weren't, so they were Bruins were the defending champs. Uh, I remember a lot riding out to Logan uh, and to, for the flight home and John Carlson and Mike Knubel are playing my call over and over in the back of the bus and I'm hearing it. And I thought this is the coolest thing ever because I had never, I, I hadn't been here nine months yet. And here's this, epic game-winning goal on the road and the Capitals never win game sevens and here they did win a game seven and I got to see it and you know Knubel was was going on about it and he's they're all roughing me up as we got off the bus to get on the plane I was like man I I hope there's more where this came from and the and the next round against the Rangers was good too but they ended up losing game seven but um, I, Joel Ward's probably it. If I had to say outside of 2018, uh, Wardo and who is just such an unbelievable guy and one of my favorite people since I've been here player or otherwise, uh, the fact that he got it, uh, at that point in his career was, I think that's probably the best. Has a uh, sidetrack is has Kuzi, like if you've seen him after those calls, has he said anything to you about Either the Evgeny means necessary or the demons have been exercised calls. No, I don't know. That he... he's, I don't think he's glued to it. I, I don't know that he's. Yeah. I and mean, he may. I mean, if it makes yeah. it on social media, maybe he does. I mean, yeah, on Twitter, maybe he heard it. I, I never asked him, to be honest. But, um, you know, I think one of the things, guys, kind of to that end was, you know, the Caps digital people did such a great job that summer of capturing all the videos, and the cup and players hometowns and all that stuff. I think one of the coolest things for me was watching Nick Backstrom with his family in Sweden and, you know, him, like the call, my, you can hear my call, like they're watching the video and my call and watching him tear up. And uh, yeah, th those kinds of moments for me are, are where it's at. Like if you hit it right, I mean, obviously the moment, I mean, if you're just watching the video, it's just video, but you know, the sound, if you capture it just right and it, and it hits somebody like Nick Backstrom just right, or, 
or, or Alex or anybody, uh, then you feel like you did it right. So, uh, yeah, that's any of those. Uh, I, I don't care if, if they ever say anything about it. Uh, you know, as long as the fans appreciate it, that's the most important to me. We do. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, uh, as, as an announcer, you kind of have a unique perspective on, on casting and, and such and, and radio and television, et cetera. Um, and when I think of my favorite calls, I actually think of the Demons of an Exercise. The Minneapolis Miracle Call comes to mind. Dig, sideline, touchdown. I mean, what a moment. Uh, the Joe B call. of Actually, I love the call against the Devils with the dangle goal, Dangalicious. I love that call. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, could you give me a few inside or outside of hockey? Uh, calls that you just you feel like really did it right other than yourself um, that you just really like as calls well um, I, I have some Minnesota twins bias here I, I'm you know there, you go to your first baseball game when you're seven and you just can't quite shake it no matter how bad they may be but I have been a twins fan my whole life and Jack Buck had an air of simplicity about his call that was just so elegant and so, I mean, listen, we can come up with all the words we want, Anglishes or anything else, but what Jack, what made Jack really good was he didn't overflow with much. I mean, it was just, it was simple to the point. And in game six in the 1991 World Series, I was in college and the Twins were playing Atlanta in the World Series, and they had won in '87, which uh, I feels like a thousand years ago to me now. Because I was like, "Oh, the Twins ever win every few years? This is great!" And you know, I've been I've been sitting here for 31 years now, so I <laughs> I had hair and then some the last time that uh, they the, that they won. But Game Six, Kirby Puckett makes a catch at the wall that could have put Atlanta even further ahead, and then. Uh, with the game tied and they go to the 10th inning and the twins have to win the force game seven Kirby hits one over the left center field wall at the Metrodome and the place goes bananas. I was in at my dorm at Miami university also going bananas, but Jack Buck's call, which still lives on in twins history. Uh, and, and listen, the radio call was, was terrific too. Uh, you know, John Gordon was the radio guy for the twins and, you know, it's just touch them all, Kirby Puckett. And that was that was great. I mean, he's going crazy. The dome's going crazy. But Jack Buck, it was so simple and it still gives me chills. I will still get a lump in my throat and a tear in my eye when I watch it. It's Puckett swings and there it goes. And all he says is fly ball, left center field, and we'll see you tomorrow night. And that's it. And Joe Buck, obviously his son, and Joe in, I want to say it was the 2015 World Series. I know the Texas Rangers were involved. I don't remember the circumstance, but it was the same thing to force a game seven. And he, he used his dad's call exactly. And I got, like, that blew me away because everybody else would have been like, ah, whatever. But if you're a Twins fan, you knew exactly what he was doing. And it meant so much to me in 1991, and it meant a lot to me even when Joe did it in 2015. You know, sometimes the calls that are the best are the simplest. It doesn't have to be anything that's over the top. Sometimes you let the crowd speak for itself, too. Like it's just being able to listen, even on radio, sometimes letting the crowd play to it a little bit helps. Um, um, I think everybody in this call are like, are like Joe Buck is actually good crew i don't know there i feel like there are a lot of people that don't like joe buck but yeah. i actually really enjoy his i don't know dad. why he's great. I, I he's a legend joe's a pro i mean everything about him i think you know what boys it brings up a good I, I, a thing though too like listen if you're a caps fan like you love joe and you love me and you 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 know because we're caps announcers i mean it goes without saying but i mean if we're excited you're excited but when the national call comes in, sometimes people give the national guys a tough time because they've got, if it's a game against Pittsburgh and Sidney Crosby scores and you're blowing up a goal for Sidney Crosby, you're like, well, 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 wait a minute. But that's the job. I mean, I've done enough national stuff to know that, I mean, we're, you know, even when I was doing Caps games, like I got to put on my neutral hat and I got to, you know, whatever happens, happens. And you got to, you can't slight the other team if it's a national call. And Joe's done a ton of national stuff too, where we've got to, you know, sometimes we was like, oh, why are you so excited for, you know, Florida goal, like Joe's doing a national game and the Panthers score three times. He's excited for Florida. Well, that's his job. I mean, if it's a national call. Uh, so the national guys sometimes get a little, you know, and Joe Buck's certainly one of those. Sometimes it just, 
you know, they're going to get static because they're not the hometown guys. And it's that simple. We, we get the love from Caps fans because of who we are and who we represent. And the national guys just don't have that. Makes sense. So you mentioned it before, um, but in your time with the Bears, they won three Calder Cup titles uh, in 06, 09, and 2010. But uh, you already touched on it a little bit, but what were those experiences like? And uh, do you have any favorite memories from any of those Cup runs or just your time in the Bears organization in general? Yeah, they were all pretty good. I mean, I they taught me how to win. I mean, you know how to get ready for a call in 2018 with the Capitals because I had to make that call in 2006 and I made it in 2009 and in 2010 and 2010 was probably the best just because they won so many games. They won 60 out of 80 in the regular season and 16 more in the playoffs, 76 wins. They just couldn't lose seemingly. And there were so many guys that came through that played for this team. Like Mike Green was there in 06 when we won and Carl's, and Alsner were there in 09 and 10, and Michael Neuvert was there, Braden Holpe was there, Jeff Schultz was there, Thomas Fleischman was there. Uh, there were just Dave Steckel was there. There were so many guys that it was just it was fun to be at that level with them and then watch them do what they did, you know, and getting to this level, especially for a guy like Carlson, who, you know, ended up winning a couple of times there, but then ends up winning here too. Uh, that was great. And, you know, being with Braden Holpe when he first came in, I mean, Braden wasn't even our starter. That's how good we were. Uh, you know, we had, you know, Simeon Varlamov and then Michael Neuvert and then him. That's some pretty good goalie development. So uh, that five-year period was the greatest in AHL history. And the fact I got to be there to call it was easily the luckiest thing that's ever happened to me in my career because to be in a situation like that where you see so much good hockey in such a short amount of time, that's pretty special. Definitely. I mean, is it, do you have a favorite uh, thing about announcing or just kind of announcing hockey or just announcing in general? Well, there's a lot of good ones. Uh, you know, I mean, Mike Emmerich is the best ever all time. Nobody's ever topping that uh, just because of his way with words, his inflection, his joy for hockey. Uh, I, I, he was a friend to me when I was in Hershey, even before I got here, he lived in Hershey for five years and, you know, getting to know him around the Bears was a great privilege for me. And then I got to be around him here for another 10 years, uh, you know, him doing national work and me doing the caps. So uh, he's very good. I grew up, uh, you know, I mean, at a time where I would listen on the radio at night to Ken Wilson and St. Louis and Dan Kelly. And, you know, I my favorite announcer really of all time, just because, you know, he he wasn't even a hockey announcer, but Marty Brenneman called Cincinnati Reds games, Hall of Famer. Uh, Marty would not back down to anybody. Uh, he he would call it like he saw it. He would rip. Didn't matter if you were Ken Griffey Jr. or the superstar on the team. He'll rip you. And if the player comes after him and says, "Hey, why you rip me?" He'd tell you exactly why. He'd rip you a new one, and then he'd probably tell his friends about it. Uh, he, that's a swagger that I don't have. I mean, that's and I don't know that anybody does. But his call was just his voice. He's from North Carolina. He's just got just a little bit of a hint of Southern drawl in an otherwise just unbelievably great voice, the perfect voice for baseball. And I got to work around him for seven years working with the Reds, and I sat right next to him. And I learned so much being around him. And he's probably my favorite of all time in terms of a broadcaster. But in terms of hockey, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of good ones in the game. Brendan Burke is, you know, not just when I got here. I mean, he was still in the minors uh, in the AHL, uh, but he's, you know, one, truly one of the best in the game at this point and does a lot of games on TNT. Uh, I, there's so many good analysts out there. Eddie Olchek is just so good at what he does. And Brian Boucher is so good at what he does. And I've gotten to work with just about all of them at this point. I worked with Darren Pang. He's unbelievable. I mean, there's just some guys, and they're just good people, too. I mean, you go into a booth, and if you put on a show, and you hope that people receive it well. I've, I've gotten to work with most of them at this point that I, you know, either grew up watching. I mean, I remember, you know, being your age and, you know, watching games on ESPN, and then you end up working with most of them in your career. And those are the moments, I think, that might be the most fun to me. Yeah, you mentioned Doc Emmerich, and I, I remember – 
I, I did appreciate him when he was there. There were like just moments where I was like, that's awesome. But I think it was, I think the 2021 playoffs was the first playoff without him, if I remember correctly. Yeah, last year. And there was a, there was a Nathan McKinnon goal against the Knights where he just skates by everybody and just destroys them. And I don't even know if Doc would have been calling that game. But I just felt like in that moment, I was like, dang, like, I wish we still had him. Like, that would have been just such a cool, another cool moment for him to have. He really is, when it comes to hockey announcing, just like, uh, just the gold standard. Yeah, he is. There's no question. So, let's go back to the Caps. Uh, it hurts to talk about other teams doing well for too long. Uh, Ovechkin has, what, 750? 750... 756. 756 now. Yeah, he just keeps, it just keeps going up. What's your favorite ever, all time, uh, of, of all those 756 goals? Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I mean, milestone goals are, are easy, I guess. I mean, you know what? If I had to say, probably 500. I just, it, it was, was just there. beauty. Yeah, I, I, I think of all of them. I mean, look, anything in the, in the 2018 run is great. I mean, you know, he ended up with 14 of them, and, and that – any one of those probably, and certainly in the final against Vegas, but uh, 500 was just a thing of beauty. The one I'm looking forward to most guys is 895 because there are a lot of guys who haven't gotten to call the Stanley Cup, but there's a lot that have, and I am thankful forever that I am in that group. There are very, very, very few people, like less, you know, fingers left over on two hands that have gotten to call an 800th goal and a, a record breaker. Gary Thorne called it on ESPN back in the day when Gordie Howe was passed by Wayne Gretzky. I want that call. I want to be able, that's the one. There is no topping that in, I it might even be, I, I won't know until I get there, I guess. And I think he's going to get there. Uh, but I, I think even maybe more than a Stanley cup to be able to document and voice that kind of hockey history that's no one else i mean you're talking not even you got fingers left on one hand of people who've been able to have a moment like that and call it and have it live on forever and and i hope uh you know sometimes the tv guys get bumped for national uh let that be a goal that both joe and i get to call uh, because Joe misses a couple here and there uh, because of national things that have to get fulfilled. But I hope we both get a chance. I hope we can both sit back after the game and then go have a glass of wine of Joe's choosing and say, you know what? We just did that. That's the one I want to do. 895. Let's hope your voice doesn't crack. Trust me. <laughs> Don't say that. Fear. If I got laryngitis the day before, only my my wife, I'll be miserable. She's going to have to keep me in line because I'll be whenever my throat's not great, I'm really grumpy to be around. So your voice is going to be gone for a week after that call. (laughs) Yeah, and that's okay. As long as you get the call right, I don't care. The rest of it, no one's going to remember. Completely worth it. I can't wait to hear it from both you uh, and Joe B. Let's uh, let's do a uh, when we get date ninety five, we'll do a dual show. Have us both back, and we'll both talk about it. Sweet. I uh I made a promise to Joe B when we had him on that uh I would get his 895 goal call tattooed when that when that happens. <laughs> and I'm sta- I'm standing by that. <laughs> you going to get a matching one, you know, for Yeah, one on each arm or something. <laughs> Might have to. I make no such promises. I don't <laughs> Am I up? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> So, uh, obviously, 2018, like Jake said at the beginning, is, you know, up there as the top memory and experience for all Cavs fans. But uh, what would you say your uh, your favorite Cavs memory is outside of 2018? I know you said, uh, you know, Joel Ward's goal and just other things. But outside of 2018, I guess, what's, a, what's another memory that you really like? <laughs> uh, boy, they all seem to be around playoffs. Uh, I mean, Kuzi's goal in 2015 was good. Uh, Joel Ward had a goal in the last minute in New York in game one that year in the second round, which came out of nowhere. And, you know, I, I think the, 
you know, any moment. I've, I've always liked it, and I liked it when Kuzi scored in Pittsburgh because a lot of people had asked me, you know, well, it was great, but wouldn't it have been great if it could have been at home? And I was like, no, because watching everyone in Pittsburgh angry, quiet, and leaving was was wonderful. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, as crazy as it would have been at Capital One Arena, those kinds of moments on the road sometimes are best. I mean, there have been so many. I, I've, you know, I – big comebacks and thrilling games, anything involving Ovi. I've gotten a couple of Ovi four-goal games, uh, one against Montreal, one against Tampa Bay. Uh, those are, you know, kind of hockey history in and of themselves. So, um, And then, like I said, the milestone goals. I think those are the ones that, you know, 500, 600, 700, someday soon, maybe next year, hopefully next year, probably next year, 800 next year. Uh, those are the ones that, you know, those those get your blood going. I mean, when you've got, you know, when it's at 799, uh, that's a natural high that, you know, if you're a broadcaster, like, okay, every time he's on the ice, we're just, all right, where's it coming? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? We're always, always watching in a moment like that. Uh, and those are those are some of the best memories, I think. Do you have any uh, ideas in mind for 8:95? Are you have you been woken up in a cold sweat at 3 a.m. and thought about that yet? Not yet, but I'll keep you posted. All right. <laughs> as long as long as I get a chance for it, that's all I can ask for. I hope it's I hope it's a one timer. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 not not at all unclear. I don't want no tips, no don't no no. Was it a high subtle. stick? <laughs> Yeah, not something that it just hits a stick on the way by. That's dude. That's imagine, imagine like a post goal offsides call, <laughs> dude. We would erupt. I think that ref would like oh. genuinely not do that. Like they'd be terrified. Yeah, yeah. If it, it was ever something where they reviewed it and changed it later, the Caps would need two new play-by-play guys because Joe and I would incinerate right on the spot. We, we, <laughs> we'd, we'd <laughs> I was I was actually thinking I was thinking maybe like if it's an empty netter where he just like skates it in and it's just like you get to take in the moment. I think that could actually four hundred like was an empty netter. Funny enough, that was my first real milestone. He was at three something when I got I don't here. Even know if I've seen that one. Yeah, that, in, that would in have Carolina. Been... I, I a, need a clap bomb. Four hundred. I won't accept anything else except for a one. Anything other than a one timer from the left, sir. I respect. Nothing this. other than a one T. If, if he gets if, some crazy. Dang if he has, it. if he has the chance to get like an empty netter from from mid ice, I I like don't want him to take it. Like that could be oh, the one time. You, it, that can be the one time you pass. Just wait till next game. <laughs> like I I I don't want that. <laughs> um. Do you have a favorite goal that was scored against the, the Caps over the past few years? Against? Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't like any right of answer. them. Fair right enough. answer. I don't That's like any right. of them. No, I don't. I, don't, uh, I mean, look, I, I, I get paid by the Capitals every two weeks. So uh, I, I would like to uh, – anything that goes against Washington, I'm not a big fan of. And, I look, I've been doing this long enough, and I know how much it means to people and how much it means to me. So – uh, no, not even a milestone. Not, like Yager had one of his last goals against the Caps, and you know, on his journey to third all time. But nah, I'm I don't need any of those. <laughs> I like Good it. answer. Good answer. <laughs> so, um, you said you grew up in Minnesota and were a North Stars fan, correct? Yep. Okay, I am not a knowledgeable North Stars historian, but who was your favorite player growing up? <laughs> <laughs> Dino Cicerelli, who funny enough played here too, uh, but Dino came up with Minnesota, so he had 50 goals his first year and led him into the playoffs, and uh, that was really kind of my coming of age as a Caps fan or as a North Stars fan. I mean, and uh, he had a great playoff and one of the best Stanley Cup playoffs. They went to the final, but they lost to the Islanders. Uh, but uh, Dino, for me, uh, Dino was the best. Little tough, score a ton. What's not to like? I love seeing short guys and succeed they, in sports being five. They, they, they get, they got to bring back those jerseys too. I know they had them as the reverse retros last year, but those, those North stars jerseys are one of the best. They're, in, a, they're as good as they come. They're my yeah. 
So, uh, what's your? This isn't on script, but uh, what's your what's your favorite Capitals jersey variation of all time? I like the old school ones myself. I, the W, the blue one is nice. I, I like it. It's definitely growing on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, or anything the red. I mean, anything it's based on. But I, I like the six stars across the top. And I hope in the 50th anniversary season that at least gets a little bit of love. And if they wanted to go uh, the old, old school, like original jersey with the, you know, the, the capital type in Washington and then the Caps logo underneath it, I, I don't mind like the lowercase capitals across. I don't mind that either at all. That's one of my favorites. Uh, but that was a, that was when I grew up too. I mean, 80s into the 90s. So I mean, anything in that era, any the red. I was never a fan of the copper and black and gold. I I, ne- I didn't like that before I was here, and I'm not a fan of it now, to be honest. Mm. But uh, anything involving red, that's the the red, white, and blue. I really like the W that they've got now in the third jersey because it's it's new, it's fresh, it's clean, it's a little more blue based, but it's red, white, and blue, and we're the American Capitals. So uh, I mean, that should be. That could easily be the standard moving forward if they wanted, and I'd be fine if it was all red and kind of what we've been doing too. Gotcha. So um, throughout your time with the Capitals, uh, who are some of the most pleasant players that you've had the ability to interact and build relationships with? Oh, there's a bunch. Uh, Carl Alsner is one of the best of all time. He's one of the nicest guys, win or lose, he talked to you. Matt Niskanen was always a guy that would talk in a room no matter what had just happened on the ice. Jay Beagle might be the nicest human being that's ever thrown on a Capitals uniform. Uh, he's definitely there. Matt Hendricks is one. Oh, gosh, I mean, you I'd go on for forever and ever. I mean, there's so many guys that, you know, they're they're so generous with their time. But the guys now, I mean, Garnet Hathaway does so much with first responders, and he's always, you know, the podcast that he and Doubter had were, was great. Uh, you know, I mean, there's – it's a tough question. Joe Ward always, 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 always was just, you know, I, I mean, if I had to pick one, if you're going to force me to like one guy, that's just like in terms of personality, in terms of interview, in terms of whatever, Joel Ward might be my number one. Uh, but there's so many. It's so tough to pick. It's like picking your favorite kid, honestly. There's just so many good ones, and they're always so generous their time. I will say Jason Shamara might be the craziest guy I've ever seen. Like he would just run through the room screaming and like, you know, do uh, if you had an interview going and Jason was there, you'd have to always hide because he'd always, you know, he'd come in and try and, you know, rattle the guy you were talking to or rattle you or just yell or whatever. Uh, but even he was one of my favorites too. Just such a good guy. I mean, it's all the guys that come through the room. You're just, you're glad you get to talk to him every day. Yeah. You know, uh, if you ever felt like, uh, telling some of them to, to come on the pizzas here podcast, you know, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't stop you. Promotion is 100% of what you try to do, boys. I'm hip to what you're laying down. I would not stop you. (laughs) Neither would I. I think it says a lot about the game of of hockey that everybody we've had on, and the Caps organization, everybody we have on, it's like when we ask a question, like, do you have a favorite player, like like a player relationship? They're all just like, oh, who do I list? That they could go on and on about all of the great guys in the game. You know, it's it's really. It's oh really God, just... I didn't even talk. I didn't even bring up Nate Schmidt. Come to think of it, oh my God, I, I miss him. I really miss him. Like obviously, I don't know him, but on ice, I miss him. He was he was great. He's going to be in television someday. The second his career is over, he's going to be on TV somewhere. He's never not smiling. You heard it here first. Um, do you have a, fa- I mean, this kind of goes along with the favorite goal against the Caps, but do you have a favorite playoff series you've ever watched that didn't include the Capitals? Oh, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Minnesota in 91 was the eighth seed and in succession beat the second best record in the league, the president's trophy winner and the defending Stanley cup champs. So I thought I was about to see a Stanley cup winner as a fan. And I was really excited. And then Mario Lemieux was standing in the way, and the Pittsburgh Penguins won their first cup in 1991. So my disdain for Pittsburgh goes back long before I got here. Uh, but, yeah, that was, uh, that was a great run anyway for Minnesota. I'm trying to think of a playoff series. You know what? Like the Kings and what they did and some of the runs they had in 2012 and 2014, that was just an amazing run both of those years, but really in 2012. And St. Louis, honestly, uh, when they won in 19, their play-by-play guy on radio was a classmate of mine at Miami University, uh, Chris Kerber. And he got the a year after the Caps won, the Blues won. 
And it was really cool that he and I got to do that in back-to-back years. So uh, St. Louis winning in the final, I think, would probably be. In recent times, that would be one, too. That, that Minnesota series against uh, Colorado that year, I don't remember what year it was. That was a crazy one. I don't know. If uh, early, like Minnesota's first playoff series, the Wild. Oh three, maybe. Was it their first? I was pretty young. I don't. <laughs> I think it was oh three. I think it was oh three. Minnesota had a uh, had a pretty good run there. Andrew Burnett I, scored a big goal in that one. I have to go look at YouTube videos or something if if it's the one I'm thinking of. So, um, who inspired you to become a commentator? Is there anybody in particular? Is it something you always wanted to do, or what's the what's the story behind like what inspired you to to go do what you do today? I was always inspired by mass media and my love of hockey. So I think it started at a pretty young age. And I would say, uh, you know, Ken Wilson in St. Louis. I mean, if you ever heard Kenny call games, you'd probably hear a lot of me because I think I I patterned myself a little bit after him because he was a hero of mine. Um, But no, I just I kind of knew from the time before I even got to college. And once I got the opportunity to start doing it, I was like, I wanted to find a way to do this. I just... I didn't know the way, but I was going to keep trying, and uh, it worked out pretty good. I ended up getting here. That's awesome. So uh, that brings us to everybody's favorite part of the episode. Uh, And uh, today, John so nicely uh, agreed to do our Manscaped read. So whenever you guys are sponsored, right? This this, this keeps the show going. So me doing this spot. For Manscaped keeps the Pizzas Here podcast moving forward. Is that the way I understand it? You're helping the yeah. cause. You're helping, helping the, the cause. cause. Okay. See, when uh, Keith Olbermann, before he was doing politics, he did ESPN2. He was the first ever show on ESPN2. And he said at the beginning of the – when ESPN2 launched in 1993, I'm guessing. I think it was 93. He said, hello and welcome to the end of my career. That might be what I'm doing right here. Uh, from the the read here, but that's uh, I've I've got this uh, I've got it in front of me, so I just got to read this, right? That's what you need for me yes, to do. Sir. Okay, well here it goes. Manscape, take one. Here we go. Cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep. How about having clean and shiny balls all year round? Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to save your balls this year and make the ball drop into 2022 the cleanest and sexiest ever. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code PHP for 20% off plus free shipping. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHP at manscaped.com and tell them John Walton sent you. I think hearing you talk about clean and shiny balls is the highlight of my life up until this oh my point. God, was awesome. I mean, I, you know what? I'm a different person than I was 60 <laughs> seconds ago. So that was awesome. <laughs> if, that doesn't, that was if that doesn't move product, boys, I don't know what does. That was amazing. <laughs> You've made my made my. I, I'm not saying I have already. any favorite guests, but... <laughs> You're the first guest to read that, so. <laughs> well, you know what? Congratulations. I, yeah, there we go. No problem. There you go. <laughs> I've read sillier spots in my life, boys. We got lots of spots. <laughs> Working in the minors, you never know. I've like The first ever sponsor for, um, there was a team called the Carolina Monarchs, Bible Belt Country, North Carolina. And my PR guy, my first ever job in the American League in Cincinnati he had to sell the media guide sponsorship and he didn't know where to go and he needed one. And he ended up, this is in the middle of Bible belt country, North Carolina had a strip club on the back page of the media guide, <laughs> like the outside cover that if you had it on the, on your desk, it was Carolina Monarchs. You turn it over. It was an ad for a strip club. So uh, whatever in the name of hockey keeps us all moving forward. I am all good with. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for that. <laughs> you got it. So our Capitals uh, haven't had the greatest week, I guess we could say. Um, so Joey, our fourth member who isn't here with us today, he has a mild concussion right now. So 
you know, we hope he gets better and uh, all of our thoughts are with him. But um, Blame Tom Wilson. Yeah, just you know, Tom, Tom Wilson actually is getting suspended for Joseph's concussion. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> nah, so Joey and I went to the, the Caps game on Monday where we played the Bruins and got absolutely curb stomped 7-3. And then Saturday, we won on Long Island 2-0. to zero. And then today, we lost to the Canucks and Bruce Boudreaux 4-2. to two. So uh, if any of you guys have any thoughts quick about this past week of games, feel free to share. But uh, not, the, not the best outings from us. I think the safest thing to say is that I'm a good luck charm because I was flying during the Bruins game. I watched the Islanders game and I was playing in that Rocket League tournament for uh, for the Canucks game today. Um, Which you won and made money for. Yeah, $400 Will. for playing a video game is kind of crazy. But, Shout out, Will. <laughs> but yeah, um, as far as what I did see, I did see some of the Canucks game. I saw they scored two power play goals. Uh, granted, against the league worst penalty kill, but that is a step in the right direction. I watched the whole power play where Ovechkin scored, and it, it was a good-looking power play, uh, which is important. I don't really know what happened five on five. To be totally honest, I feel like the injuries are finally catching up to this team. They were playing at a level that just felt unsustainable given the injuries they had. I mean, you you were lo- missing Mantha for a long time. You're missing Backstrom. Oh, she's been in and out. It, literally every player has been in and out of the COVID protocol. I mean, they were playing at a level that was just ridiculous for for how injured they were. And even if they weren't injured, even if they were healthy, it was impressive. And that's going to come down. I'm not really that worried about them. Eventually, our guys are going to get back up to speed. We're going to get Mantha back, I hope. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of a, you know, this is reality moment. But that's all I have to say about the. Will, can I uh, can I quote your tweet from the other day about Mantha? What was it? Will or Joey had tweeted saying talking about how Mantha was gonna come back, and Will had said, "Bro, An- um, Anthony Mantha coming back is starting to sound like when I get a girlfriend." <laughs> so that Stay was, safe that was out there, funny. boys. <laughs> Well, boys, I'll give you my two cents, and then I better get my wife to dinner so she doesn't uh, clobber me here. But uh, okay. <laughs> I, I will say that, look, every season is a – there's a lull in every year, and 82 games is a grind. And sometimes you don't get the goaltending. Sometimes you don't have the power play. Sometimes you got to battle the COVID. That's a new one in my career. I didn't know in the last couple of years that was something you had to do. But – they are a good veteran team, and they got a lot of different things that are going well for them over the course of the last four months and a couple in the last two weeks that maybe haven't gone as well. But I think by and large, they are still right now, no matter what happens, they're a playoff team. And I think it's going to come down to where they are come the end of April and the first of May. As long as you are there, you got a shot. And whatever Brian McClellan does to fortify the cupboard in the meantime, that's what you need to do. And then it's up to the coaches and the players after that. So I am hoping that uh, we'll have another celebration to come here by the time we get to early summer. But uh, we'll see what happens here down the stretch. But uh, this does it. It is a lull right now. There's no doubt when they've lost five or six. But uh, that doesn't mean that they won't turn it around here, too. And they've got too many good guys in that room. They got to get through this COVID business. Losing Carlson today hurt. But uh, they'll be fine and uh, we will move forward. I, I mean, I, I I won't talk about the Bruins game. We looked, you know, pretty bad then. Uh, Dude, check out what experience is, in my life. Uh, uh, yeah, eh. you know, it's over. We play them again Thursday uh, at, in Boston, though. So I don't know, but um, you know, Vanacek third career shutout, right? Pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't really I didn't watch that game because I think that was coming back to school or something. No, I don't remember. But anyway, um. I mean, they look good from the highlights I saw. Wilson, best goal. And Ovechkin got a goal that game, too. So that's great. Best goal scorer of all time, uh, Tom Wilson. And then I think he – did he get another one today as well? Yeah, no? he did. He did. Yeah, he did. It's Wilson, Ovechkin again. So, I mean, you know, at we least did, We playing. didn't lose today. We actually won Ovechkin. Scored. We won because Ovechkin scored. So, you know, I mean. Again. I think John has to hey, go, and, though. So let's, let's let him yeah, go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, Boys, thank, thanks for having me. It's been thank you for coming. I hope thanks I for coming on. This is awesome. And if you want to bring back Joe and I for 895, I think that would be 
Uh, and we'll have Joe do the Manscaped read next time. He can do that one. That sounds good. <laughs> Thank you for coming on today, Thank John. Thank you so we much. Really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Have a nice night. Thank you so much. Have a nice All night. right, fellas. Take, Take care. care. Have a good one. You too. You too. All right. Take care. All right, boys. Uh, let's do one player we liked and one player we didn't like, and then then head out. Uh, I Jake, you can go if you have one, or will you? Can oh, go I do. Wait, 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 wait. Now wait, let go, wait. Will. I think Jake let took EA's last time, right? He did. So you can take. I, did. I think EA should go before Jake. All right, you can go enough. first, and then I'll go second. I do have a backup. I have a backup though, so like I'm not gonna get too pissed this time. I don't. Okay. I don't know one, who I'm picking yet, so I gotta think. Player I liked. Let's think. I could name a lot of players I didn't like. Let's go Justin Schultz today. He he isn't the best, but he quarterbacked the power play really well. Um, and that's something that I feel like has been lacking. I have not been a fan of John Carlson's quarterbacking this year. Uh, I mean, he's been awesome uh, usually, but this year, not great. Schultz left, gave Ovechkin three or four chances right in the wheelhouse. Um, and they scored two power play goals today. League worst penalty kill, yes, but you got to do what you got to do. Take advantage of weakness, and Schultz helped us do that. So I'll go with Schultz. Player I didn't like any goaltender as of recent. Fukale struggled against the Bruins. Um, or any goaltender that isn't Vanacek. Not his um, fault. Fukale struggled. Not his Samsonov fault. Samsonov struggled today. Um, the goaltending has been struggling, and it's been inconsistent. And it's just like, can we just get one guy be consistent for like three or four weeks? And just, you know, I, I want to be like, Okay, this is the dude I would start in the playoffs today and say that confidently, even after they have a bad game. And we just aren't there. Um, I personally am of the opinion that if there's a veteran goaltender, you know, a Marc-Andre Fleury, even a Braden Holtby, maybe? I don't know about that as much, but nah. you could get a guy. Go get a guy, because I don't trust this this trio, tandem, whatever the hell, to win uh, a cup. So, Whatever you, you know, your team it. is too good to not do that. But that that's those are my likes, dislikes. Okay. Um for my for my like Sorry. I don't I don't know exactly. Like there's a there's a couple. Um I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Garnet Hathaway. Um his uh his block shot at the end of the game against who was it? The Islanders. That blocked shot when they had pulled their goalie. I think they were the team. They had said that they had scored like once they had pulled their goalie like six or seven times or something absurd. But they were they were pressuring us a good bit in our offensive zone, our defensive zone that last like two minutes against the Islanders. And Hathaway's blocked shot is what led to Kuzi eventually getting the puck and then passing it to Ovechkin and Ovechkin getting a goal. And that's all I care about. So I think Hathaway started that play. He also had a really big freaking hit against um, Ekman Larson today that he ended up getting a roughing penalty for, which is absolute bullshit because he laid out Ekman Larson. He gets back up, starts pushing Hathaway and giving him checks in the ribs. And then when Hathaway goes to do something to him and the guy's helmet falls off because it wasn't on properly, I guess, he gets the two-minute minor. So that that was irritating, but... I'm going to have to agree with, with Will on my dislikes and just say the whole goaltending core as a as a whole. Um, I mean, all of us as Caps fans have kind of like finally like started to realize and agree that we're probably not going to win a cup with this goaltending unit as, as the way it's looking right now. They might be able to turn it around. They might be able to somehow get consistent, but... If I had to place a bet right now, I don't think we win a cup with these two guys or three guys. But hopefully I'm wrong. But I just, like Will said, I really want to see some consistency from either one of them and be able to confidently say that that's our guy, that's our starter, that's who I'd put in in a Stanley Cup final game right now. But at this point in time, I can't say that about anybody. So, yeah. No one took mine. I'm very happy. Uh, I was gonna say Tom Wilson because I think he's you know he's I think that he's finally got yeah. the ten goals this season. I'm pretty sure with his goal today and like you know we know he can produce on offense and obviously he's a I think he's at eleven right now well. with today. eleven yeah so he's kind of hopefully gonna start heating up soon and kind of be a good top line you know board for us so hoping you know I'm glad he's been scoring now because 
first off, it gives us a, a chance to tweet the Pasternak tweet again, but also because, you know, we I want to see that from him other than being very physical because obviously everyone knows about him about being physical. So, but if he can produce goals and be physical, that's going to be, you know, he's going to be, he's always a huge asset for us, future captain, but still, you know, I'm good, glad to see that. Player I disliked, ah, uh, jeez, fuck, sorry. Um, man, who do I choose? While you think, I'll say, um, Ovechkin is right now tied with Leon Dreisaitl with 54 points for the NHL lead. McDavid has 53, so Ovechkin is better than oh, McDavid oh, confirmed. Oh, oh. Um, anything less than the Hart Trophy for Ovi at this point, at the end of the season, is a letdown. So, yeah. Who's your Man, dislike, who do I Jake? choose for it? There's Can I say a specific goalie? Yeah. Can sure. I say Fukali, just Fukali? Because I don't think Fukali I would played. argue with you. I mean, I know he's a rookie, and I know he's, you know, have a start. His game games, against Boston he... was not completely on him. It wasn't, I mean, no, 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 not at it's all. It's pretty hard like, to save shots when your there's... defense lets guys get into the slot untouched. That's true, but still, you know. I think Plus, we were out. His, fir- like, his first two goals, I believe, were both on penalty kills. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to save. David Poster not cross. I mean, our cross goalies in general. Timers. Our goalies in general. I'm glad Vitek got a shutout, but he's still not you know, good enough. To they haven't been. Cup. They haven't been like from the beginning of the season because at the beginning of the season we had this argument. I think twice about it was Samson off, and then it was Vitek. Every it was, episode. Like, it was like every episode's flipping back and forth, and you know it was good to see that we had a goalie tandem that was you know working. And I know we brought up like you know their. At some point, they're both playing well. They're, one of them is going to need to leave. But, like, now they're kind of starting to – I mean, they're doing the caps limp. You know, it's the new year. It's almost the all-star break. We'll see what they do after the all-star break. Um, but, you know, this is the caps every season. They start kind of limping near the end, and no one really steps up. Definitely. So we'll see. I mean, I'm just – I, I can't, can't really nit, nitpick like a singular person because like the defense suck i could say the d de- i'll say the defense because of the bruins game because we did not play good defense that game so yeah it was the the bruins game was 100 percent more on the defense than it was on the goal yeah, yeah, yeah yeah they didn't play well but the defense was still definitely yeah i mean share scored two issue. goals in the first like 10 minutes and then sherry was gonna be my was gonna be my pick but he didn't play the last two games he only played against Boston. yeah is he in protocol or what I think he's in protocol because he I, hasn't played the last two games, and I was curious. I was confused about that, but I think who because Oshie didn't nice was, against Boston. O, that was awesome. Oshie didn't play today because of COVID as well, right? He's still injured, isn't he? Oh shit! No, didn't he play the other day? He scored a goal against Bru- the Bruins, didn't he? Yeah, and then he got hurt with an upper he body got hurt injury again? like on oh. yesterday. He he got an upper body injury yesterday, and like after like two shifts, and then went out. Yeah, but. I think that is everything for us. Yeah. So uh, this is a, this was a fun episode. Yeah, one hundred percent. It was. John was awesome, and uh, again, thank you to John, and uh, thank you yeah. to everyone who's listening right now. Yeah. We appreciate each and every one of you very much, and uh, good morning. Subscribe good to our YouTube, by the yeah, way. Subscribe to our YouTube. There. Help us subscribe out. Subscribe to our YouTube. <laughs> Come on. Good bro. night. Good night, Pittsburgh. <laughs>